Hello and welcome to Australian Transformers Weekly. We are bringing you Transformers news from around the world into your Australian residence. We probably need to work on that a little bit more. Uh, this is episode 174. One would think that we've had lots of opportunity to work on that. We are recording live on November 30th, 2018. This week, we're going to be talking about Masterpiece Prime 3.0 a lot mainly because it's going to cost you a lot of money. Uh, we get our first good look at Transformers Bumblebee's G1 designs. Um, they, we've seen them in the trailer, but now there's a lot of still images going around. Photos of the uh, MP9 reissue have finally landed, and uh, there's a couple other, a couple other news stories coming up. All after this. Hello and welcome to the show. I am Jason. Joining me this week uh, is just one person. We have Max coming to us from Adelaide. Brad's uh, bunker in uh, country Victoria appears to have collapsed. Uh, we're not sure where Brad is, but he's he's out. He's I think he's gone bush or he's working or something. But uh, this is one of those rare occurrences that we're Bradless. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it's just the two of us tonight. Max, how are you doing? I'm not doing too bad. I'm here. I've uh basically the only person in the house for next two and a half weeks so that feels pretty good it's amazing you've got clothes on it's a good thing you've got clothes on because it is a video podcast as well um so you're really excited about bumblebee i am like i probably the most excited i've been for a movie maybe this year so also you know what i've done right I've locked the camera on uh, Outback, uh, which is our bot shots uh, winner for the week while we do the intro to the podcast. But whatever. Let's right. just, what of you? Let's just keep going because no one watches the video anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me let me turn that off. There we go. Now it now the camera switches to whoever's talking. This is the thing that we forget to do when Brad is not pushing the buttons for us. Uh, things don't work as well as they should on the podcast. So, sorry, Max. How are you doing? Well, you're you're very excited for Bumblebee. Tell us, tell us what has uh, what has tickled your fancy this week. Uh, in regards to Bumblebee, I, yeah. I suppose just uh, well, just getting a bit more of a glimpse of a movie and seeing like the actual care being put into it is they're really is probably this what I'd late say. to sort of start bringing out all these features, haven't they? I'd, I'd imagine it's probably because a lot of this stuff was added late in production. To be honest, mm. it, it yeah. wouldn't surprise. I mean, they didn't. I mean, they only finished reshoots like a month ago, so yeah. You know, it wouldn't surprise I mean, me. CGI takes quite a while to um, you know create and render as well. But yeah. look, we, we're going to take a look at some of the movie bot designs uh, uh, later in the later in the show. Uh, what else has been going on? Have you, have you started saving for Masterpiece Prime yet? <laughs> I've started uh, thinking about what I'm going to spend the money that I don't use for Masterpiece Prime on. Ah, oh, what a burn. Um, okay, cool. Look, let's. I like the conviction to purchase something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think you do, but sure. Let's, uh, let, let's kick on with some of the news and we'll talk about Masterpiece Prime shortly. First up, though, uh, Bot Shots Weekly, as anyone who's watching the uh, video 
will have seen. We we do have the uh, the winner of our Bot Shots Weekly discussion has been uh, shown for all and sundry on the Facebook uh, on, on the live stream for a while. But um, just if you're not quite aware, Bot Shots Weekly is our weekly Facebook photography competition where we encourage you to get your bots out from out of their cabinets into the big wide world outside and uh, take a few photos and. Uh, the way it works is that weekly winners will go into a monthly draw for a prize. Monthly winners will go into a hat for a yearly prize. And the full terms and conditions are at transformerscca.com. But you know what? Ultimately, you could take a cool photo and you might win yourself a, you might win yourself a Transformer for it. Yeah, it's a bit hard to lose out there. Well, it's pretty easy to lose out, but only one person. Only one can win. There can be only one. This guy wins a lot. Uh, this is this week's <laughs> this week's winner is Tyson Tyson Richards, who uh, went to all the effort of actually finding a store with Outback's name in it to photograph Outback out front of. So good That's on you, um, Outback Adventures. Um, Outback is uh, known for his adventuring. So yeah, uh, it's a very Australian bot shots. This one. Got, you know, obviously, Outback in the front, Outback Adventures, Blue Skies, Gum Trees. Outback in the front, really Outback went. in the back. The Outback is literally in the back of the shot as well, like you said, with the gum trees. And there's a um, there's a green car in the car park. But anyway, well done, Tyson, as usual. Um, Tyson always puts in, a, puts in a good, strong entry to the photography competition every week. Doesn't always take it out, but there's always there's always something there to be uh, there to be proud of and be happy with. So thank you very much. We're going to move swiftly on and get to the news. Straight into news. Asbury News. That will take us into some news. What news comes from by yonder? Shall we talk about some news? All right. It's a look. It's, it's been it's been like two minutes since we talked about it. So hey, it's Bumblebee time. It's kind of a big deal. It, it look it, well. It is a big deal. There is a um. There's a lot riding on this movie for the next uh, next few months. Like, Bumblebee is expected to do well at the box office, um, hopefully by us. And it, we we know that if Bumblebee does well, then it might lead to a standalone Optimus Prime movie. Um, not like the others haven't already been. But if we do get a standalone Optimus Prime movie, this could be the Optimus Prime that it's about. Oh. Uh, now. We were um, absolutely, our jaws dropped when we got the full Bumblebee trailer uh, a good, like, two or three months ago now, and we saw G1-style robots in it. Uh, no one was really ready for it, and it's, uh, we sort of, we, we catch glimpses of them here and there as they've sort of released different trailers around the world, and people are like, oh my god, I saw an RC in the background of this one, and uh, this is what's been happening this week, because there has actually been a behind-the-scenes feature released on, I think it's on YouTube, uh, about designing G1. And as a part of that feature, they've shown some, they've shown some detailed photos of the bots uh, showing very, very G1-style designs. But still, this, I, like, I, can still, I can still see a Bayverse movie style. To, it's still to something that you can realistically expect to see in real life. Like, they're live-action totally. Transformers. Totally. They're definitely live action Transformers. But I also feel like this is very much the, the people who've the people who've said, look, you know, your Transformers are really, really different in the live action movies. And we feel like there's a halfway point where you could still have, you know, the sort of the detail of these designs, but still make them truer to their generation one 
cartoon designs. And hello, here it is. So uh, this is uh, this is Optimus Prime and a very very big gun actually. That that gun does seem a little bit larger than it would uh, in his uh, in his G1 incarnation. But um, you know, I, I I like the attitude of Prime. He's sort of like thrust his hips around a little bit as well. Um, and of course, you know, you've got the the sort of the classic. Uh, the classic chest design, a little bit of extra detail just on the the tops of the shoulders with the uh, the stripe, the lines, the Autobot logos, um, and of course a very very G one Optimus Prime looking face. And I heard someone say a few months ago that uh, Optimus Prime's eyes look sad. And uh, yeah, that's kind of a natural Prime thing, though, isn't it? it yeah, no, it, it is. It's very very accurate. Now, like you can see the you can see sort of the G one design uh, down onto the legs as well with the vents in the front and even sort of the the fuel tanks that uh, fold up around him as well. Now, what, what what's what's your take on Prime Max? I think it's I think it shows respect basically respect to you know the thirty years of a franchise that came before like this guy. Oh, Travis Knight obviously knows what he's doing. Like, it's not just that. Oh, it's a textbook G one Prime. It's you know, it's his own artistic spin. But you have all the, like all these key little details, like like you mentioned, events on his legs, and he's got the little um, yellow triangles on his forearms there. I saw something about the um about the the I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. I saw something that said the the little yellow triangles actually didn't appear in the cartoon. They first appeared on the on the original masterpiece figure MP1. Uh, wow, and, okay. and, and it's quite it is quite funny. There's been there's been a few people concerned about the lack of them on the new masterpiece prime, but it's quite accurate if it's cartoon. If you're doing a cartoon design prime, not to put them on, but uh, you know, like I feel like I feel like it's been so long since MP1 came out that people haven't really people have not really remembered that this wasn't in the actual cartoon. So it's it's become one of those things that you expect on Prime. Um, you yeah, know, just, what, you're absolutely right. Like just looking at it now, you know, it's one of those things where uh, there's no radiator. Uh, there's no obvious like radiator grill chest. I, I appreciate that actually. Like you look at his wheels as well. You know, they're not typical earth hubcaps or anything so it's clearly you know trying to be okay this is what you remember g1 prime looking like but you could still conceivably see this as having a cybertronian alt mode i look i I don't know that much i don't know about that like that's a very obvious like earth earth tractor trailer um chest on the front i don't don't see it having a very cybertronian alt mode because but but you know it doesn't matter he doesn't have to even transform yeah that, that is true like I feel like it'll probably, if he does transform, it won't be dead to rights earth. It'll be a siege type thing, properly, where Maybe. it retains that silhouette, but it's got a lot of added detail and extra bits jutting off that you wouldn't necessarily see on a realistic earth truck. Um, now, uh, look, should we should we point out differences and deviations, or should we just accept this for what it is? Uh, deviations from what the uh, older movie design. No, from like a G one design. I, I don't care what the old movies look like. Yeah. Um, like the, the the things that would be smokestacks on the top of his shoulders, they kind of look like guns. Which is kind. Of, that's not a unique not a, thing. I don't think he was like not a power master. Uh, so there's no yellow on his uh, waist as well. But I, I don't. I don't mind either. Um, I, I do feel. I do. I do want to point out at this point that. Um, there have been a few people that have looked at this over the course of the week and just gone, you know what? Those proportions don't quite seem right to me. 
Yeah, it's this strange thing where they've tried to... I mean, strange may vary depending on your point of view, but they've really tried to make the robots in this movie have more human-style proportions as opposed to what you classically see on robot characters. So, you know, Transformers and, you know, animated robots in general generally have, like, much larger forearms and lower legs than they do thighs and upper arms, right? Whereas they've inverted this here a bit. So a lot of people will point to that. And it ends up, you know, because typically with Prime, you're expecting to have these, you know, big imposing uh, stance on him. Whereas now with this more humanistic proportions on his legs, it, it does come off as him looking a bit slimmer and a bit more. Yeah, I actually wonder if it might be a case of, um, you know, this Prime is maybe not necessarily the leader of the Autobots as well. It could be. I don't know. Like, it seems... Like maybe he'll grow in stature into the Prime that we see in the in the Bay movies as well. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, if, if the movie is successful, which, you know, like, we, we, do, we do wish them well, if the movie is successful, we might see a movie that actually bridges the gap between this, this design and the, uh, the, the 2007 movie design. That sort um, of depends on... I suppose it depends on how much of a prequel this is versus how much of a reboot it is. Totally does. Like, uh, like, I, feel like, I feel like they're, I feel like they're, they're obviously making into sort of a, a bit of a reboot, but I feel like they're going to remain... Look, I, I, I feel like this is possibly the most polite movie in the world. I think they're being respectful for G1. And I think they're also being respectful for the Bayverse stuff that's come before as well, because you can still see the influence in the in the bot designs. Um, but like you said, it's just more respectful of a G1 style design. But they still have they have these they have these sort of very thick thighs for the uh, the the bots as well. We saw this on Shockwave. You can sort of see it on Prime as well. Uh, and I guess that's, you know, as you were mentioning, like more sort of human style proportions, right? But uh, I, I just want to, speaking of proportions, I just want to jump over to uh, Twitter. So uh, Josh Bircham, um, IDW comic book colorist, um, he did a little bit of a quick Photoshop job. And so you can see there's sort of the original and his sort of updated thing. And I got to say, I really, I do prefer his updated design. And he's also put some yellow on the, uh, on the waist there as well. But um, like this, for me, that does look, you know, you know, maybe maybe it's actually that. To me, that looks Josh's design looks more like a an IDW comic book prime. It does. It is almost. It is quite close to IDW prime, given it has like the gap in the chest and those sort of little details there. I, I don't. I don't see that he's necessarily changed the the chest design that much. I think. I think this is actually a different image that he started with. Than the one that we've got. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, we've got a few different images here, so. Yeah, see that? Yeah, that that is different. Like um, Prime's still facing the same way, but uh, you know, the head's sort of around the other way. Anyway, like I, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. As with as with so many things, like we're not really going to be able to tell what it's like until we see it moving on screen. Yeah, I mean, from what we've seen of this in action, it does look pretty decent but yeah we, we have no idea of a final product yet and if I, just looking at josh's uh change here it does sort of make me it, it qu makes a question the reasoning behind the aesthetic change it's like yeah sure you want to make it into a more humanistic proportions but and you know there's nothing inherent i don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that but i don't like i don't think it detracts from anything necessarily but i don't see what it adds Mm, yeah. 
Look, the, the other thing I wanted to point out, um, and I made this comment on Twitter earlier, this, this one says, uh, the, so the first picture, 2007 movie prime and uh, 1980s movie prime. Sometime between, sometime between the 80s and 2007, someone's going to kick the shit out of prime apparently. Yeah, or he's just going to decide he needs to make his transformation twice as complicated. Yeah, pretty much. Um, anyway, let's let's head back over here because this um, this feature on designing the G1 bots uh, it didn't just give us a good look at Prime. It gave us a gave us a look at some some scenes from the movie as well. Oh. Now, I've seen this shot um, juxtaposed with uh, the shot of Prime flying through the air from the the big battle in the '86 movie. And like I, I can kind of, I can see why it's, I can see why it's getting compared a lot, but I also cannot make out enough from this image to really say whether or not it's actually a, a, an homage to it, or if it's, it's really just lucky. I feel like it probably is. You know, like there's a fair few ways you could do him chopping through the air, and you know, you also take into account the fact that I think we've seen from like a Korean TV spot that this is going to be the opening of a movie, mm. so or at least close to the start of a movie because you see Prime telling Bumblebee, you know, go to Earth to all this crap. Uh, so if that is, if this takes place early in the movie and you have what looks to be just Optimus Prime, you know, sort of running around fighting on Cybertron, it, it could be quite a clear parallel to that scene from the 86 movie where he arrives in Autobot City. Maybe so that the, is the case. The reason, this would be, but the reason I'm saying like I can't really make it out too much is because I really can't make it out. There's like, yeah. I can, I don't know. That, that looks like a. They've made it. They've Michael made it up a bit. I don't know what the hell's going on here. He's sort of like leaping through clouds, so it's, he's kind of obscured. Um, but you know, like people want to believe, so um, fine. They can, they can have that. Uh, we have, se- we have, we have definitely seen something like this in the uh, in the trailer. I think this is where we saw the seekers flying around. So. Yeah, um, and there is, of course, lots and lots of like um, bits of fire and uh, fire and sparks hanging around too. Let's move on a little bit. There's a there's a good shot of there's a good shot of Bumblebee's form in the movie. Um, I I feel like we're all Bumblebee out in terms of looking at Bumblebee's design, but uh, yeah. So I think it's interesting that he's got the he's actually got the big boot, uh, the big boot foot, but they didn't really give Prime. The uh, the big boot they sort of uh, left him like you said more human like proportions with uh, with his feet. Yeah, it is. I, I'm not quite. Sure. Like, it does give. And you, when I was talking about the stance before, you know, you mm. can quite clearly see he almost looks more imposing in a way. Like he he looks. He doesn't look like he's going to go anywhere if you push him. Right? Like he's quite firmly planted there. So it's like Prime or Bumblebee. Uh, Bumblebee. You know, it's it's a bit more intimidating in that respect, and mm, I think that's why. Yeah. A lot of classic robot designs often make that artistic choice with the big feet. Yeah. Well, look, I, I think I think people design robots with big feet for the same reason why we like robots with big feet for toys. They're harder to knock over. Yeah, it's, it's probably also true. Um. So just looking at looking at this a little bit, um, I I think it's interesting that they've really they've really sort of gone for that weathered look on the uh, the on the the metal and the chrome. For the bots on Cybertron as well as Bumblebee as well, because like you can see all these scuff marks on his feet. Um, it's almost it's almost like someone's taken the uh, the siege, um, the siege uh, like damaged metal uh, texture tool and applied it to the movie bots, or maybe vice versa. But um, 
Yeah, I, I, I think I think it's interesting because like these Transformers really look like they've been around for a while. Yeah, I think it's sort of hammering home the idea of this is a species that that has been at war for four million years. Very true. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's let's keep going because we do have a bit of a look at some seekers here as well. Now we have seen um, we have seen this shot before, but this is probably the clearest look at, that we've had at it yet. Um, there's some seekers and there's a cone head in the background who appears to be green. We don't really know who that is. Um, there is obviously a star scream at the top. Is that a nemesis design in the back? Like it looks like it looks like a nemesis ship flying into shot. Um, I think that's just the transforming seeker. Really? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they threw that in the movie somewhere, giving the amount of G1 reference, but yeah. Yeah, true. I think this star scream here is something that's particularly interesting to me because in the earlier trailer we got where we first saw this shot, he had a uh, face that was much more reminiscent of Blitzwing, in inverted uh, commas, of, that we saw on Earth where he had a sort of gas mask design. Whereas now he's got a bit more of a classic G1 Seeker head with a uh, complete face and everything. And they've also added uh, areas of blue onto him where previously he was just uh, white and red. So I, I feel like we've been seeing this shot for a while with blue on it, but I feel like the shot that we've had of it has just not been very high quality. So but it is, we haven't really made out the colors very well. This, no, this is definitely updated. Like there is, you can find a there's like a comparison image floating around where it flips yeah. in between the two and they've legitimately just added on blue if it wasn't previously yeah, so yeah. i don't know if that just is further to distinguish between this one i would say that it's probably actually um it's, I mean, it's probably just actually as the effects have gotten further down the uh further down the production process yeah maybe so uh, what do you make of the seeker over on the right? Like to me, I can sort of see bits of purple. To me, it looks like Skywarp. Yeah, see, I like obviously you think purple, you immediately go Skywarp, but I don't see a lot of black on him. And the presence no, no, of... because he's just in shadow. Like he's entirely he... black. <laughs> no, no, I mean, he's got like large areas of white on him where uh, Skywarp's often, he's generally depicted as being black and purple. And then I I mean, it's a presence of a character. I don't see white areas, but I feel like I can. I feel like what you're looking at is on the wings. Yeah, maybe and the fires and stuff. Maybe it's just for lighting, but it's yeah. that it's that coloring that may or may not be the case. And the presence of a character of that cone head, who may or may not be Acid Storm, as well as like we should suggest they're going for obscure seekers, as well as him holding a rifle like that, which makes me think he may be Hot Link. Because Skywarp, I reckon that's I reckon that's really obscure for a big budget movie though. I think I think you I think they'd throw Skywarp in before they throw Hotlink in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just thinking in terms of you know you don't often see Skywarp holding a rifle, whereas that's generally yeah. Hotlink's. I don't know. I'm probably reading too much into this single shot. Yeah, fair enough. Um, let's let's uh, scroll on and uh, lots of explosion in this shot. Who's in the explosion, do you think? Looks like maybe Jazz. I don't know. Jazz just can't stay out of trouble, can he? It, it, it has this, I don't know, the, the legs give me like that look. Legs. Yeah, it does kind of, it doesn't. I don't know, but then so oh, the he's, he's missing half. Whoever, whoever it is, they're dead. Hmm. 
Well, look, look. The the point of this shot is actually the uh, the group of figures circled over on the right, uh, which we were looking we were looking at this and talking about earlier. We can fairly clearly make out RC here, but um, that appears to be Cliff Jumper, and then we've got uh, we've got a bot looking in the front with uh, sort of lines across his face, and that looks like it's probably likely to be Wheeljack. Yeah, the coloring all matches up and everything. Cliff Jumper. I know, you, you, just... keep, you keep going on about the color, but I cannot make out the coloring on Wheeljack. Like I see white and white and red, but I don't see, I don't see it in any particular order, which makes it look like it's particularly Wheeljack. I just see these sort of fins that are sticking up behind his head. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm just scared. I'm just <laughs> trying things out there, but I don't know. There's also like looking at the Cliff Jumper back there. It's probably hard to tell, but. And at least for me, I can see um, like the chest design with the these are two giant pecs on him. Makes me think they're you know going for have him having the same body type as Bumblebee. Maybe, maybe. Like it's a bit hard to tell there, but I don't know. I can sort of. It, it does look like that to some extent with you know two large sections on the chest there. Yeah, you know it would be awesome. Is if these designs, like if, if we were, if we go into the Bumblebee movie and we're like, holy shit, the G1 stuff, the battles on Cybertron, it was fantastic. It was really well animated and really well done. Maybe, just maybe, the rumored animated prequel movie that we're getting to uh, the, the Bayverse movies might become a, um, a, a Cybertron set animated movie set with this. Depends, depends how well received it is, perhaps. Yeah, it could be. Like, I think that what I believe that was. Well, that was part of a shared Hasbro universe, which was sort of cancelled. Was well, but... not much the shared universe, but um, like it was going to be made by um, it was going to be made it's... by um, Boulder Media, uh, which I think I think it still will be because like they've they've sort of formed AllSpark Pictures. Yeah, we don't and... know if it's happening necessarily, do we? We just well, no, know we that... probably won't know for a while. But like, I feel like if this is well received, I feel like this will become sort of the, the template for what the Cybertron movie will end up looking like. Yeah, I've been sort of viewing Bumblebee as an X-Men first class type deal where it's like sort of a prequel and sort of a reboot. You know, it's just... That would be, be actually really interesting to see whether or not... Like, they might just continue to set things in the earlier Transformers timeline and ignore the movie timeline. So Yeah, like, and it, it may be that they sort of cross over and, you know, bring in certain... um you know, uh, certain plot points from the uh, original movies and, you know, bring that into whatever form the franchise takes now. How, like, how, how mad would it be to go through all of this and have some of the stuff in here, you know, negate the things that happen in the, the 2007 movie only for them to reveal after several films in the, in the franchise, oh, this is actually an alternate universe and now we're going to mm -hmm. merge them together with like a dimension jump or something. Ugh. Anyway... <laughs> Let's keep going. Let's keep going. There is uh, one more shot um, on Cybertron. There, you can see, you can see a uh, another shot of Prime. It's very blurry, and I, I'm really hoping that the blurriness doesn't actually extend over to like the stills for the actual movie. But we'll see how we go. Now, there's two characters uh, circled here. One appears to be Cliff Jumper again, and who who are you saying is the 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 mess of pixels on the left? <laughs> I was thinking Ratchet. I was thinking these are Ratchet and Hyanide, actually, because you know, obviously Ratchet, you have that red and white colouring as well as what appears to be like a V fin on the head. No, see, I, like I, I, I still reckon that that's actually Cliff Jumper again. Oh no, it's Ratchet yeah. on the in the bottom image. 
Yeah. So I'm thinking that's Ratchet on the left, and then in on the right is Ironhide because you have he do, he has that sort of single um I, I guess mohawk raised section. I see what you're getting at, but like yeah, I don't know. I can sort and of see also, the red fin on the faces. Like it would be really nice if they'd actually just give us like some nicely rendered stills. I think they want to you know want to tease us with the G1 stuff as much as possible, but then save some for the movie probably because it's you know only going to be five minutes of footage. Yeah. The other thing of art that I'm thinking is makes this Ironhide is the two like raised uh, gray sections on the shoulders there. Like, well, see, I was, trying to, I was trying to make out whether or not you can see that on this cliff jumper design. Like, I feel like you can sort of see some raised stuff on the shoulder. Maybe this is actually Ironhide. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Cause that just sort of seems to call back to uh, WFC Ironhide for me. Maybe, but they don't really seem to be recycling game um, game models. Oh no, not not in terms of just models, just in terms of you know, here's a little aesthetic callback. Yeah. Still, um, look, it's it's really it's really encouraging, as you say, to see uh, you know, see the source material treated with some respect instead of just sort of bulldozing through it and uh, redesigning it. So look, I'll be looking forward to I'll be looking forward to seeing the Bumblebee movie. I'll be looking forward to the probably only like. 40 to 50 seconds of Cybertron footage that we get throughout <laughs> the whole movie that we've now analyzed within a, a, an inch of its life. But uh, we, we shall see in a little over, a little over two weeks um, what, we, um, what we're going to see because there will be some previews around the place around the 15th, I think. Yeah, I think, that, well, we're doing like a weekend of early screenings, I believe, in the States. So I believe they are here too. Yeah. Oh, really? Christ, I okay. can't. Yeah, you better, you, might better, have, you might have to look you into better that. Sell some tickets. I just assumed that wasn't happening in Australia. Bloody hell! No, no it happens a lot in Australia. We'll see how it goes. Uh, if you're in South Australia, get on Max and make sure that he uh, arranges advanced screening tickets for TCCA members. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we? Um, shall we uh, go on to the next story? Hey. Yes, but nothing much else to add here. All right. So, the next story is going to make your wallet hurt. Not mine. Well, that's, a, that's an interesting thing. So, we have finally seen uh, some photographs of the coloured prototype of the new Masterpiece Convoy, which is, uh, as we say, MP Convoy uh, is going to be, what is it going to be? MP44 Optimus Prime version 3. I love the fact that Takara is just straight up with, yep, he's version 3, whatever. Uh, <laughs> now, he looks fantastic. He, he, he really looks good. He's, I think the colour on the shot really makes it much much improved over the uh, prototype shots that we saw. I still feel like his chest and the main body is a little bit small. Um, and I still feel like that. I still feel like the waist design is too big. I would disagree to be honest. I think that's like, if you compare it to stills of a G1 cartoon, I think that's, I know maybe the chest is a bit small, but I'd say the waist is spot on length def, maybe even too small and the waist as well, because I think a lot of the aesthetic issues that people have with this figure stem from the fact that in the fandom's collective consciousness, we've sort of Prime replaced... Prime's always assumed to be a little bit taller than this, mainly because we've looked at the masterpiece figures and sort of transposed them onto the cartoon. Yeah. 
We but sort of is that that's the same feeling that I have about Masterpiece Megatron. Though I feel like the chest is just a little bit too squat. Yeah, yeah. I feel I feel like the thing is that in our heads we've replaced Optimus Prime in the cartoon with Optimus Prime as MP10, right? So if you think of G1 Optimus Prime, you don't think of what he looked like in G1. You think of MP10. Yeah. And I, I think it's also really interesting from that perspective because the number of people who've looked at this and just gone, yeah, no, I'm going to stick with my MP10 because that's... And they're like, well, that's the true Optimus Prime, but it's actually not. Like, you know, this is far more close, far or far closer, far more accurate to what the figure looked like in the cartoon um, than MP10. And, you know, obviously it's a deliberate choice on, on Takara's part, but, like, you know, you, you can look at this and see, right, the arms are now fully red. There's um, there's no sort of in-between parts. The, the stripe that was going across the arms on MP1 and on MP10 is gone. Um, he's got a much more cartoon-style Autobot logo. Uh, we were talking about those green, uh, the green, green, the yellow arrows on his uh, forearms. They're not yellow here anymore because it's more cartoon accurate. I also... I quite appreciate the I quite appreciate the lack of screw holes on the front of him. Like, um, yeah, I don't really picked up on that. It's, yeah, well, it's but see, nice that, that's what I think really helps the cartoon aesthetic of these figures now is that they've really gone out of their way to sort of they haven't really gone out of their way to hide um, angles and stuff like you know like um so like I've I'm just gonna swap my camera back here. Like I've got I've got masterpiece Corden here and like. You know, there's there's a lot of busyness around around here, but it doesn't really detract from the overall look of the figure because it's the same color as the rest of him. So it doesn't it doesn't really um you know there there is there is there is a complexity in this. Like look at look at all the bits around where his arm connects to the body, but you don't you like you don't notice it because like the overall look is so accurate to so accurate to what we what we've seen. Uh, of, of a cartoon, right? There's a there's a bit more of a distant shot there showing some more sort of uh, full proportions. He appears to be tippy-toed. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe just a trick of the angle. I think the yeah. the thing of a lot of those, you know, more complicated areas that you don't necessarily see is that those bits of complex engineering exist to service articulation, like as totally. we've seen with a few more recent masterpieces. So... The effect of that is that you're only really going to pick up on them for the most part when he's actually posed. Yeah, and I think the, I think it's sort of, and it seems to be definitely much more complicated than MP10, but I wouldn't necessarily call that a bad thing. Just because in MP10, I think it still holds to be one of the greatest transformations ever made. Like it is. Like some of the stuff that figure falls off is just pure feat of engineering. Like, and I still love doing that. But if this is more complex, I don't really take issue there because it seems to be in the service of, you know, not just having, uh, you know, a bit more uh, cartoon accurate proportions, but being more poseable. And, um, you know, it's also going to be a matter of, I think, uh, if this is going to be done by Kobayashi, like the last few have, I think that's going to be, you know, a very easy to achieve transformation, like a complex one, but one that makes sense and one that's really intuitive. Yeah, yeah. So if you look at, if you put MP10 next to this, right, MP10, you can sort of tell what parts are going to go where. And 
this is far less obvious. And you know, absolutely. That, that's part of, I guess that's, you know, part of that cartoon accuracy is like trying to match up people's pen strokes on a page with, um, you know, actually making a physical object in 3D space that can actually transform. And so, like, you end up with, um, like I said, you know, so you end up with um, a lot of the screw holes sort of in the back and there's a few really neat tricks that they're probably going to use to, you know, hide uh, hide some parts of the articulation. But, like, and there's Andy on the on the desk joining <laughs> us as well. Hi, Andy. Yes. Um, oh, now he's jammed his claw in my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, look, look I, I, I think, I just think it looks fantastic. Like I really, do, really do. Um, oh, there's no question. I think this, like we'll get to the price in a moment, but I think this is maybe the single greatest figure I've ever seen. Like it looks perfect. I, I can't complain about it. Yeah. Look, let, let, look let's talk about the price. So um, there was a uh, there was a, a, a photograph that made its way around this week, showing. Um, <laughs> so I've just I've just stopped Andy jumping up by putting my hand in his face. Sorry. How <laughs> <laughs> he's walking away dejectedly. Um, so there was a photograph put up by um, Action Robo this week, uh, showing MP Convoy 3.0 in Japanese and. Uh, what, what appeared to be a quantity of two, followed by uh, August 2019, and a 50,000-yen price tag. So the 50,000-yen price tag um, we thought might have been for two items in a shipping box. But in the last in the last 48 hours, there have been a lot of pre-orders that have gone up for this figure. So so, so 50,000 yen is, is, you know, is about $610. Uh, Australian, there are a lot of pre-orders going up for 450 plus US dollars, which is about that ballpark. And uh, there is a couple of Australian pre-orders for about 500, 530, which is actually a pretty good, uh, a pretty good deal given the um, given the dollar conversion, right? Yeah, I've noticed Australian retailers actually seem to make an effort to get it below the RRP. Well, so I I recall there was a um there was a question from Action Robo saying that they were trying to confirm whether or not that was that was an accurate MSRP, which is just it's a it's it means recommended retail price. It's manufacturer's standard retail price. It's a much more much more sort of um a, it's a much more common term in markets like Hong Kong and Singapore. Um, you know. <laughs> Stupid thing, like Australia is actually not allowed, you're not allowed to set a recommended retail price for things anymore. So that's why you have like a, a that's why you have like a, an MSRP here as well. Um, so yeah, you, you can't actually force people to sell your things at any point, at, at any price. Um, so yeah, so Action Robo was trying to confirm whether or not that was an, an accurate MSRP. We're not quite sure whether or not they succeeded, but a bunch of pre-orders have gone up from other sites. Now, <sighs> Look, we've we've spent the last ten minutes praising this figure and saying how good it looks. Does it look does it look good enough for a five hundred dollar six hundred dollar purchase? Uh, I th- look, I, I don't want to. I used to rag on this stuff a lot when it was in the context of like flame toys and the uh, you know masterpiece Beast Wars figures, and then I don't know. I spent I spent like five hundred bucks pre on a pre order for the Metal Build Evo <laughs> one. So I, I don't feel like I can criticize this as, as much as I used to, mm. but I also feel like that's on a figure 
as you know expensive as that Evo One that I was, but I wanted but wasn't as attached to. I would never have bought, right? And I think the same thing goes here, where I, I think the price is ridiculous. I do not think that this is worth six hundred Australian dollars. Look, but if, look, if you... I, 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 I keep feeling that there's going to be a moment sometime in the next week or so where someone from Takara is going to just go, shit, the internet's freaking out about this. Oh, that's not the price for one of them. What the hell? Uh, you know, who I took that like... out or something like that? Like, I just, I just feel like this is going to happen at some point. There's going to be a collective, oh, whoops moment. But I just, I don't know, I, I don't know if that's going to happen, to be honest. Like, the, the thing I was saying was that I think ultimately, whether or not you think it's worth it is down to how attached you are to it. You know, what does this figure mean to you personally? Right. So are you going to get $600 of value out of it? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if Takara was going to do that, that's a moment that would have happened already. Because I, I remember, know. I don't know. We, we, we had the same discussion for Dinobot and for uh, Megatron, the Beast Wars one. So Dinobot was actually available fairly cheap. Um, Beast Wars Megatron hasn't been so much, but Dinobot, like we, we've had Aussies who got Dinobot for 250 bucks. And so like, I feel like, I feel like there's a wild, wild variation in the prices that certain retail stores can and will charge for masterpiece figures. And like for all we know, Action Robo, that might've just been them dealing with a supplier, not Takara, but yeah, I don't know. Um, just looking at, looking back at these photos here, you can see Prime can sort of do the ab twist and the ab crunch that uh, Takara brought in on Megatron as well. Um, that, that does kind of look weird the way his waist is twisted there. But, yeah, probably um, exaggerated a bit much. Yeah, a little bit, little bit too much. Um, and so we haven't really we haven't looked down at uh, some of the photographs of uh, Prime in the trailer. So. Uh, the trailer is the trailer has a lot going for it on this figure, and there has been a lot of speculation as to whether or not there is a trailer. There is a trailer, and it comes with a roller. It comes with the battle battle station, as you can see here as well. And they can actually both detach and come out of the trailer here for the first time. Yeah, but uh, you can also you can also as we as we saw if I scroll back up here, um, you can use the uh, use the battle station as a bit of a flight stand. And um, where is that? Where's that picture of the uh, thing? And it can also sort of stick out the top of the trailer as it closes. Now, um, you know, actually, could you do that with the G1 one? I feel like you could. With G1? Oh, oh with putting out the top, yeah. Yeah, I think you can. Oh, no. Yeah, stop that. And Andy, um, Andy likes to dig his paws is... into my lap when I pat him. <laughs> it, it is definitely a more fully featured trailer. I'd say, like, you have as well as that, like, the detail along the bottom to just make it look a little bit more realistic. Yeah, that's true, and you can also see these little uh, little doors at the uh, front of the trailer as well. If uh, oh, that's riding, it's a nice little. That's actually a really nice little touch. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, look, uh, look, there's a lot. There's a lot in the the trailer design that sh sort of shares that uh, G1 cartoon aesthetic as well. Uh, let's just look back at a couple of the shots that we missed there. So uh, it looks like we get both Spike and Sparkplug figures this time around. Um, and uh, there's Prime doing his uh, Iron Man ground pound pose. Yes, I think that's less. You know, Mike, that's it's, just really. I, I suppose which I use personally in a lot of photography just to showcase how poseable a figure is. Yeah, it's it's less so impressive clearly, these days. It's just more sort of table stakes, right? Yeah, this is Takara flexing their muscles a bit. Yeah, going like, yeah, we can do this on a transformer. Yeah. 
on something that actually can transform. Uh, you know, you know, so rather than just sort of dismissing that, let's have a look at the sort of the detail that you've got behind Prime's head as well. Because like sort of like Megatron, you've got a lot of stuff going on behind him there. There's a lot of sort of raised and lowered ridges and um, things folded in upon themselves. But, uh, you know, I, it doesn't, I don't think it detracts from the, I don't think it detracts from the look of the bot at all. I know, it's, I would totally agree. Like, yeah, he's got some stuff on his back, but I don't know. He's for as slick and refined as the rest of the torso is. I'm fine of having that stuff there. You know, it's really a pretty. It's a pretty minor backpack. It, it is. I don't. I don't think it's as. I don't think the backpack is as big as people have made it out to be. Now, like something else that the 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 spike and spark plug figure um, pose really makes out is sort of the scale of. The scale of Optimus versus the uh, the human figures as well. Like this guy is actually meant to be quite quite big. Um, and if you if you take sort of the the you know the windows in the windows on the Prime's chest cabin is like you know where humans would sit in truck mode. Like Prime is pretty damn big. Um, and so you can see him sort of kneeling down to talk to the talk to the humans. Yeah, I'm not sure how accurate that is. You know, because if you look, you can scroll down, and there are there's an image of. The human sitting in his cab, and they do look. I mean, again, the trucks are large. You know, it's not yeah. like you're driving a Camry around, but also, well, so, so he does look a bit too big. Which, if it's a transformer, I don't really mind. You know, because yeah. it's you know just it makes it look a bit more imposing, I guess, on the shelf. Spike does um, appear to have a matrix in the face, which is um, a slight cause for concern, I think. But uh, whatever. Not too bad. Like, you know, this is something that this is something that we never really thought we would see on a masterpiece prime figure, like having an opening, an opening door and a, a seat in the cabin, right? No, yeah, that's like it, we, we were talking about. You know, the engineering that this figure's pulling off. That's not something that a lot of people seem to have mentioned. Is that you know, it's a rudimentary cabin for sure. You know, it's nothing fully featured, but there is definite space to have a human sit inside Optimus Prime's cab. Yeah. Which is, you know, con considering the amount of other stuff going in on his torso is, um, yeah, which is it's pretty impressive. It is. So looking at looking at this actually, and a bit of a close up, like I can clearly see the top of the arm um, up on the the top right, but I don't know where the rest of that um, I don't know where the rest of that panel comes from. That's obviously holding parts of the arm inside. It's a I'm really looking forward to seeing how this transformation plays out because they've managed to sort of they've managed to really box up that uh, that cabin design on the truck. Yeah, um, and like I, I I kind of feel like there might be something clever going on with bringing out parts of the backpack and hiding the um hiding the arms as a result. Yeah, I can't. I think the transformation for me is the thing I'm most excited about seeing. You know, this isn't a figure I'm going to buy in the official capacity unless they do a cheaper version about a trailer or something like that. But I am very much looking forward to seeing the coverage of the transformation and, you know, having a similar, like the fandom having a similar moment to the moment that we had with Inferno and Sunstreaker and Megatron and Dinobot. Basically everything that Kobayashi has done has really given the, the fan base uh, this collective moment of, holy shit, they pulled this off on the Transformer. Let's talk about Kabayashi for a minute. Is he a massive Starscream fan? Uh, I have no idea. I just know he does probably the best masterpieces. I've got to be honest, this one puzzles me. Like, I've, we've got I've, a Starscream head and Starscream shoulders. 
that can attach to Optimus Prime. <laughs> I don't get yeah, it. I don't get it. I don't see why. It's not a cartoon thing, though. It, it was in an episode, but what's the point? Who, who cares? Yeah. Is the issue? I guess I get they want to fill out that price point a bit, but well, yeah. so, so this, this see, does this, nothing for me. Yeah, this is the thing that like, if it's a case of like throwing throwing in things to sort of try to justify the price point, then I find that I find that a little bit insulting. Um, you know, like if it's really someone at a car going, this is my favorite ever episode, and I want to share the you know share the memory of it with every Transformers fan, then fair enough. But this is what I say is like you know, Takara hasn't really come out and justified this and sort of explained why there's a Starscream head included with the new Masterpiece Prime. Yeah, I, I'm a bit confused here, to be honest. Like, I feel like you can, instead of doing that, maybe, you know, you have damaged chest windows or yeah, so something, th- another gun. I don't well, know. So that, that's another disappointment. From this. Just before we get down to that photo there, we can see the uh, the trailer for the Lamborghinis there. It's pretty neat. Um, and... Uh, we looked at this shop before. So this is the uh, this is sort of the accessory page, right? And so you got that Starscream head. You do have a battle damaged face, but I don't like. I, I I feel like it's really disappointing that Megatron gets a battle damaged chest, but Prime doesn't. No, it looks um, like he's got a battle damaged forearm panel. I think that is just below the Matrix there. No, you know, you know what I reckon that is. I reckon what is that? that? I reckon that's going to be his uh, be his um. Like just above his waist, right? I, oh, reckon, I reckon that's gonna oh, yeah, go, that's gonna go there because that's where Megatron stabs him. Oh, yeah, I just couldn't. Uh, the piece looks slightly different to me, but yeah, that makes total sense. Well, that's what that's what I reckon anyway. But yeah, um, but yeah, like I just, I mean, like after after the battle, Prime looked like the shit had been kicked out of him. So like, I'd rather I'd rather see something more in line with that, so that you can actually you know have Prime versus Megatron at the end of their fight kind of thing, but. I suppose the car is really, you know, sort of counting on the trailer carrying a lot of value for people. Yeah, I guess, I guess. So. <laughs> so notably, like the stuff in the trailer is not really represented here. Like the battle stations not there, but there is the there is the masterpiece scale version of the 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 the, the um, fuel hose. So yay! And also, what is this thing on the left? Is that uh, is that like a ghost prime head or something? I'm thinking maybe that's an adapter for the stand. Am I- Maybe. I, go back up to the stand? I don't think you can see whether you can't see whether Stan plugs in on the image of him flying. But I, I feel like I actually wonder if it um, plugs into the backpack. Yeah, it's I'm not sure. I think maybe that piece clips on there somehow because I don't see that in any of the other images. Yeah. You know, on roller or anything. No, fair enough. Yeah, so yeah. Um look, I, I look we've spent a long time talking about this. Uh its price is high. I uh, I haven't actually pre-ordered um, Beast Wars Megatron, so I need to get on that, and then I might look at doing a pre-order for Prime yeah. next next year, maybe. Like like I said, I'm kind of holding out hope that someone's just going to go, oh shit, that's not the right price. Um, and yeah, see how we go. I'm like, I'm going to buy it. Like uh, like I, I, don't, I don't I don't not want it. Yeah, I absolutely want this thing, but and I don't want to have. Like a default position of, I'll just wait for knockoff. 
I dislike that position with a fiery passion. Like, yeah. I think it's really, I think it's really insulting to the people who actually work at Takara to just go, yeah, that looks really cool. I'm going to wait for someone to make a cheaper version of it. Um, because like without those, without the people at Takara holding their jobs and actually doing their jobs, no one's going to make a cheaper version of anything. And also I think it's kind of a little bit funny that everyone's, everyone's really pinned their hopes on, um, on Wei Jiang's version of the, uh, uh, the studio series Blackout, and it's coming out now, and people are just like, "Yeah, it's not actually that good." So I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like I feel like we're discovering that Wei Jiang might not be a guaranteed thing. Um, no, yeah, I don't think that knockoffs are by any means like you know are guaranteed. This is going to be fantastic. Like, for instance, like I bought a knockoff MP36 because my MP my official version had terrible QC. Like it was a really badly put together figure mm. and there was no way around that so i bought a knockoff and even then that wasn't perfect like a lot of the joints were still flimsy and stuff but i felt like i got more out of that than i had for the official product but i i don't want to have the same moment of just going right i'm gonna buy the knockoff instead because ultimately it's it's not the official product right this no, no it, it is, is a thing. knockoff it's, it's not the official product and i don't I don't know if this has actually been happening in other communities and other Transformers communities around the world, but like, I really feel like this attitude of like, oh, it's too expensive. I'm just going to buy the knockoff. I feel like this is something that's come out of the Australian Transformers community. Maybe it's actually because of our proximity to Asia and like we are, we are actually able to get access to these to these knockoffs. Um, yeah, we get a, we get the knockoffs much places. cheaper than everywhere else as well. Yeah. Um, like, and like, I also feel like, um, I also feel like some of the, some of the knockoff manufacturers are really having a bit of a laugh with their pricing because we've seen these things for years being made dirt cheap. And then you sort of like, oh, look, this one's going to be a hundred dollars. Yeah, really? Yeah. Well, they start, you know, pricing them in a premium fashion, you know, like the, it was a black Mamba Grimlock, which was literally just an upsized and slightly modified shit air series Grimlock was like 120 bucks. Yeah. It's actually priced like a larger studio series figure now. Yeah, exactly. It's more expensive than the original. And like you have things like Wei Zhang, right? They start like collectors clubs and they have all their Facebook pages and everything. And they started exhibiting at bloody universities. <laughs> China. It's like they present themselves as something more than just people who knock off Transformers. Isn't isn't that the ultimate KO though, <laughs> yeah. So what, Takara? No, because Takara doesn't exhibit at universities, as far as I know. Oh, but Wei does. Look, 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 I think I think you're I think you're um, using a fairly strong word by saying exhibit, but like I think it's more a case of they they went out and they put out they put out a bunch of figures and tried to attract people to come and work for them, right? Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I think in terms of a knockoff discussion, it's matter of I'm not gonna be like right. I want not. I'm not paying for. 600 bucks for this. I'm just not going to, but, and I don't think a lot of people are, but I'm holding out hope that they do, you know, like a, like a, I don't know what you call it, but a smaller scale version with less accessories. You know, hell, it could just be Prime and the Iron Cannon, right? I don't care. So, so here's just the something thing. that costs less money. Here's the thing. When have they ever done that? Yeah, that, that is the issue. It's never happened, but I feel like I'm, I'm hoping that maybe there's a decent, backlash to this price that might promote that to be the case 
Hmm, yeah, I don't know. Look, um, it's early days yet. It's almost a whole year until this figure comes out. So, uh, as I said earlier, <laughs> you can get saving. Yeah, well, some of us can. So, well, I'm, I'm sure some. I'm sure some of us can rattle that up in a year. But uh, yeah, look, we'll see how we go. Shall we? Uh, shall we move on? It's something a bit less divisive, I suppose. Oh, I don't know. This I feel like this has become pretty divisive as well. So um, we have heard we heard earlier this year that there was going to be a, a reissue of uh, Masterpiece Rodimus Prime for the Chinese market. So it's not like the figure is obviously produced by Takara, but it's going to be distributed by Hasbro mainly in China. Now, of course, those figures do make their way out of out of China to the the world at large, but there have been surprisingly few retailers actually offering this guy for sale. Now, um, this week, some pictures fi- finally emerged, and uh, surprise, it looks exactly like the original. No, I don't think we've heard much about the actual durability of this thing yet, which is the ma- the main question on everyone's mind: is will the knees explode? Look, there was a there was a fixed version of there was a fixed version of the original mold to fix the backpack issues, and I think they addressed the knees as well in that. And so, given that it is Takara manufacturing it, like I don't see why it wouldn't be the fixed version, right? Yeah, I'm just. I suppose a question for need for this as well. So- uh, look, I I feel like I feel like this figure has become quite expensive and has become quite rare over the years. So. I'm a okay with this getting a reissue because it does it stops collectors being scalped for yeah. someone someone who's coming into the hobby now and wanting to build their masterpiece collection would probably look at MP9 and just go oh shit yeah it's going to cost yeah. me hundreds oh wait it's going to cost me as it turns out about two hundred and two hundred and thirty dollars I think it is but that's the US dollar price so like this guy is still this guy still ended up quite expensive but also I feel like that's actually kind of comparable to the original price. Yeah, I'm, I have no idea what it originally retailed for because that was a fair a fair time ago now. But yeah, it wouldn't surprise it was would have been decently pricey with a trailer and everything. I think so. Um, so uh, so like I said, the these photos have come out this week. They show an exact uh, exactly. It looks exactly like the original, which is not really that much of a surprise, right? Yeah, this has always seemed like the sort of black sheep of a masterpiece line to me like it, 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 you just you never hear anyone talk about mp9 do, do you get what i mean like people always I've talk to, I've about my, i've got mine on display on my shelf except mine's the mp9b the nemesis version that's the one with a really exploding knees isn't it uh, i believe they both were but uh when i acquired this the uh the seller had already helpfully replaced the knees with the uh metal ones can't complain there but not yeah, like I just don't hear a lot of people talk about MP9. So, and maybe this will change that fact where we actually see people start to discuss the figure to some extent. I, look, I, I, I think it's interesting. Like we have talked about the fact that this is coming out on the podcast before. Um, Brad originally added it to the run sheet, asking the question: Are they going to be? Um, are they going to be reissuing it? And like the answer is yes. We've been waiting for information and confirmation of it all year. I think I think confirmation is a question because uh, Takara has a few times in the last two years put things up and then cancelled them because uh, they didn't get pre-orders for them. Yeah, I think uh, how many times has that happened though? Because I re- only really noticed 
that I'm not sure, but I, I'm not, I don't really understand what was it with the um, it's, ha- it's happened with the, the extra pieces for uh, what was it, uh, Grand Maximus? Yeah, yeah, it's happened with it's happened with them. Uh, there was a, there was a masterpiece reissue that got canned as well. I don't think it was Ultra Magnus. I think it was one of the cars. Um, I, I I feel like I feel like Takara is just sort of a bit. You know, keeping a keeping a bit more of a look, uh, keeping a bit more of an eye on some things, and just going, yeah, look, if it's not going to get pre-orders, then we're not going to actually manufacture it. So, um, there, like I said, there have been questions asked, especially I think in the last two months, and people are just going, hey, where the hell are, where the hell is there more information about this? Um, pre-orders went up a long time ago. What's going on? And so, um, here you go. Here's here's some photos of it, uh, and like. No question. Like he looks every bit as good as the original, because um, it is just exactly the same as the original, right? Well, yeah. It's on, it's it's a funny thing of this figure that you know you hear a lot of talk about the QC issues, but there's no, and a lot of people uh, went with DX9 carry, or uh, I, don't, the, I, don't, I don't I don't feel like a lot of people went with with carry. Well, there's I feel a, like people have got this on their shelf and they're just sort of like, yeah, it's there. Like, there's a demographic people that went with Carry or with the Masterpiece Hot Rod that came out later. Mm. And um, those are certainly more subtly built figures, but I don't think either of them have quite come close to looking quite as good as this one has. I think I think it's quite right. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure whether or not this was like before or after the scale reset. I think this was the scale reset, but also he's quite a big he's quite a big figure and he's quite a big box because of the size of that trailer. Yeah, I think the scale was. Yeah, I think this is what actually established the scale because beforehand, you know, it was like MP01 to MP5 to MP8 is. I feel like Grimlock like three different scales. Scale. Grimlock's no, nah, Grimlock is still too small even compared to. Things like MP10. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so yeah, maybe it was this guy, but uh, like, I don't think he's. I don't think he's maligned so much as I think. I think he's just something that people have gotten and just gone. Yep, that's Rodimus, um, kind of a dick leader in season three, and he's a masterpiece figure that I'm going to have on my shelf, and that's it. I don't know. Um, look, the figure is coming out. Uh, retailers will be taking pre-orders for it if you are looking for it. You may have to go overseas for it because I haven't actually seen the Aussie retailers open up pre-orders for it yet. But I think now that the photos are out there and now that there's interest in the figure, I think we'll start seeing some more of that. Uh, yeah, it'll and it'll you know increase the amount of ones just floating around there. You know, so if you're looking for a second-hand Rodimus stuff like that, it's going to be the, the market's going to be much more saturated for Rodimus now. Totally true. Uh, last story for the night. Uh, we're going to go through very quickly. Uh, Planet X has their own version of Deathsaurus. Now, uh, this character has sort of risen to prominence again in the last couple of years, as uh, he sort of he was a he was a foil, but not a major one. I think it turned out uh, for the Lost Light crew in in uh, IDW's comic book series, and so I feel like there's been a lot of interest in the Deathsaurus figure for that reason. But I kind of feel like uh, like we, we've seen MMC offer it as uh, DZF, uh, and he's coming out soon. And I think there's two versions of him coming out, and I feel like this kind of is this is kind of Planet X just going shit. We could better get this done before MMC does, because otherwise, like I feel like if MMC gets a figure out into the market that's you know vaguely comic inspired, like you've lost your chance. MMC is going to sell like hotcakes. Yeah, even like actual quality of a figure, you know. Besides, like Essex, but like that Essex has a really good reputation for this stuff. 
yeah, I, this, I suppose it looks like a technically a good figure, but I just look at it and it feels generic to me. Do you, do you understand a little, what I mean? A, a little bit, yeah. It's I, a bit unremarkable. So I'm not especially familiar with the character from his G1 incarnation. And so like, it doesn't, it doesn't really strike any particular notes of familiarity with me. And I'm wondering if that might be why you're considering it a little bit unremarkable because it doesn't really... It doesn't really echo anything for you either. I don't think it's the like the, the design so much. You know, you can because there are plenty of you know generic looking characters. But if you make a good looking figure of them, you know, I'll get drawn to. I don't think this is so much a figure design because I I think the character itself is quite distinct. You know, he's got this massive great wingspan and the sort of breast mast on his chest. It's all you know. It's a very like, I wouldn't say unique, but it's a distinctive character design. Where, it, but it just in terms of figure engineering, it looks like you know you, you look at the alt mode and it's sort of a standard brick with wings and limbs. Like obviously a bit more articulation. Very one inspired, right? Yeah, like obviously there's a bit more articulation, but it doesn't yeah, proportionally. It's still very much just G one Deathsaurus. And yeah, then I look at the articulation in robot mode and it's it looks very blocky. You know, he's got... You know, like, just... Yeah, yeah. I, like I said what you mean. Like, it, like you can see there's definitely ankle tilts there. I assume it's got the, like all the all the motion we expect on the, the hips and the arms as well. But yeah, I don't know. Like they seem... They are very in love with that wingspan. Yeah, it, it just... I don't know. It, it looks unremarkable. That's... Mm. It, it, does, it doesn't look bad. Like by no means bad. I would say it looks like a very good figure, just not. Yeah, I, I don't, it just is un, unremarkable. I don't, I don't have no better word for it. So you're definitely up for a, a um, an MMC DZF when it comes out. To be honest, I just don't care enough about Deathsaurus. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a good looking figure, and I love the name, but yeah, it's it's just Deathsaurus. Yeah, Deathsaurus seemed like one of those parts in. IDW, you know, quite specifically in more meets the Iron Lost Light that didn't that seem like it was intended for greater things, but never really panned out. I think that I, I look. I, I think there's some stuff that there's some stuff that was left hanging out of Lost Light, like um, uh, Scorponok's army of like proto-human Cybertronians. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that that was necessarily ever actually resolved. So. Um, yeah, and that's that was sort of hooked into Deathsaurus's plot as well. So, like, yeah, yeah, it, it felt like a lot of characters like Deathsaurus and Scorponok and Diatlas that are all sort of played out to be quite big deals, just sort of died unceremoniously. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that seems accurate. That is it for the news for this episode. Um, we've we've had a good chat about. Uh, the amount of money that we're going to outlay or not outlay on Optimus Prime, and so I think let's um, let's talk about some new acquisitions. Uh, <laughs> I say new acquisitions, but uh, I know full well that you don't have any, right? No, but I don't know you've got a couple of fairly interesting bits. Someone might hearing. I do because like, and so we've spent a long time talking about uh, we're talking about Masterpiece Prime in this in this figure in this in this episode, and so um, I feel it's feel it's appropriate to just point out the. This guy arrived this week, and he doesn't look nearly as shiny uh, on the camera as he does in my hand. Uh, 
So I am talking about the Golden Lagoon uh, Masterpiece Convoy as a gold repaint of MT- MP10. Two, of course, uh, look, it's not really commemorating or anything, but it calls to mind that episode of the show. There are other figures. There are other figures coming out. There's um, Starscream, Beachcomber, and a few others um, sort of coming out in their Combiner Wars slash Titans Return form, repainted uh, with the same sort of gold plastic. Now, it's worth pointing out that he's not completely gold. Um, he does almost look like he's actually a Year of the Goat Prime because uh, the chest piece and everything is shiny here, but things like the... Um, Things like the the plastic in the arms and uh, around the waist and the the top of the legs, they are um, they are sort of brown plastic or, or slightly gold, goldy brown plastic, and like that's purely been done mainly because uh, for articulation purposes. Like as you transform this figure, these parts are going to rub on each other, and uh, were they to be done in completely gold paint, they'd just rub off. Um, so like, I, look, I I really like him. Um, there is no trailer for him, but there doesn't really need to be. He's a he's a neat variant of MP10, and uh, he wasn't really that he wasn't really that much uh, compared to the price of an MP10 as well. Yes, how how stark is the contrast between the chromed and um, non chrome pieces in person is the main thing well, I'd be interested in. You don't actually notice it because you're so you're so your eyes so drawn to the stuff that is chromed that you don't really notice the fact that it's not all chrome. Yeah, and I also like just from seeing, you know, a lot of like official images and you know what you've shown of it is, but a lot of the non-chrome sections appear to be in, you know, very much more structural areas. So, yeah, the parts where you need a bit of support, right? Yeah, it just did throw me off a bit when I first showed it, but you know, just it seems like most people like you are fairly happy with it. Yeah, yeah, look, I I quite like it. Um, when when I put up some photos of it in the group, uh, you know, someone of course pointed out, oh, I don't think it looks as good as the the KO, the KO of MP10 that was done completely in gold paint. And I was like, well, that's sure, it's a... but you can't transform that one because everything scrapes off on it <laughs> if, you, if you do. And so, like this one, you can actually transform, and um, yeah, it's and you can also like pose it. The to- the joints are really good. They're really the you know the everything everything has the right tolerance on it, and uh, yeah. I'm 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 pretty happy with it. Oh, brilliant! There's something else that arrived this week that uh, I have been I've been waiting. I've been talking about on the podcast <laughs> a lot that I need to I need to point out, and it is these guys. Like uh, some bot bots have finally landed in my lap. Um, this guy is one of the uh, this guy's one of the um, fast food ones. He looks like looks like a packet of fries now. There's a lot of these little small guys on on the desk in front of me. So rather than sort of pick the camera up and show you my desk, I'm just going to show you the uh, photo that I put up on Facebook for it. Uh, And so just there's the keyboard for scaling. You can see Masterpiece Corden's uh, legs in the background as well. These guys are tiny. They are... I'm trying to... I'm I'm trying to figure out what, what distinguishes their construction, right? Like they are they're a softer plastic they're a soft plastic they're, yeah, that was... they're very dense um so like it's they're, they're not like molded plastic with hollow parts like they're very dense they're like a complete lump of plastic like yeah, i was um, actually really curious about that so if they're not um yeah so like they're not made of a standard transformers of plastic no they're totally not and like it, it 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 makes a lot of noise as you as you move it around and stuff as well um as the, the one that I've picked up is not, but yeah. Um, 
and like sometimes when you sometimes when you when you pick them up and you transform them, you're like actually actually I'm not sure this is meant to go that way, but then you sort of realize that. Ah, like it's not it's not really going to be it's not going to end up breakable um do, do you wind up with a sort of uh the necker twist i suppose where you um twist a piece of plastic and it turns out you're not actually moving the joint the plastic itself is that, uh, warping. that has happened a couple of times um but you just have to be a little bit careful of it there's actually there's a surprisingly large number i don't know if you can make that out there if i hold that a little bit carefully there's a surprising number of ball joints uh, in the space available. So, like, like this guy's uh, this guy's arm can actually turn around a lot. So you can, um, it's like you can you can move his hand around and face it the way that you want to, and move him up, move it up and down as well. That's, that's, a, that's a terrible example. There, but, uh, yeah. So, like, so you can you can do that. You can face his uh, hand down, face his hand up. So like, that's a pretty good design choice. Yeah, yeah, like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of really neat little um there's not a lot of really neat little transformations to them. There's a couple of things that are really really tight. Um, they don't they don't necessarily um they don't necessarily all transform in the immediate ob immediately obvious way that they are. And I think on the instructions, I think sometimes the graphic designer has highlighted the wrong part as moving. Um, is uh so this this guy with his um. Uh, this guy with the who's a uh, oh, wait a sec. Uh, so yeah, so this guy is a is a, a rubbish bin that transforms into a into a little transformer, and so his mohawk flips around to, and I, and I keep dropping it. His <laughs> flips around to uh, become the handle of the bin, and when you flip that around the first couple of times, it's sort of like yeah, that looks like it's going to actually just rip that bit of plastic open or. Like like I said, plastic slash rubber. Yeah, you know, maybe it's just the fact that they're they're much more rubber than they are plastic. I don't know. Yeah, it's probably also a bit harder to tell because you know, on a larger figure that has that sort of quality to it, you can generally see, I suppose. And there's there's more stuff that's moving, so it's easier right. to grasp that. Where whereas in something that size, it'd be hard to tell, you know, what's moving and what's warping. Just for a bit of an idea there as well, like this guy, you, you sort of you end up um, you end up using your imagination a lot on them, and so that's not really focusing on that, is it? But, um, is an evil looking bastard that one? Some of them, some of them are. Some of them have some funny faces on them, and like like he doesn't really look that evil necessarily. He just sort of looks a little bit dejected. But like you can sort of see his shoulders fold out. His his legs actually move on an angle, uh, and then this the 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 back of him is he's, he's a drink container and the back end just sort of flips up and over and so like it like it really is it really is quite ingenious the stuff that they've actually managed to do them and you know what i i just realized that i, I put it on the screen here and i didn't actually flip the screen to it sorry so there's the photograph of them all sitting on the keyboard there with uh the sort of the size comparison to the keyboard and to cordon's feet in the background as well so what i did um i got the two five packs that are on on you can order off amazon um and i ordered them I feel like I ordered them on Saturday and they arrived on Wednesday. So um, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I think they arrived Thursday. So like really, really, really great shipping from Amazon. Um, I haven't really, I haven't ordered a lot of things off Amazon for delivery. And if you don't, you're going to go down there. That <laughs> <laughs> um, because, so, uh, sorry, because I am alone in the house tonight, my cat has decided that I am fair game for annoying. Uh, so, so yeah, but yeah, um, that's why I shut the door. 
Yeah, I don't have a door to shut. <laughs> uh, so yeah, look, look, I'm I'm really happy with them. I'll be honest, the shipping from Amazon was a little bit more than I really would have liked to pay. I basically I did it so that I could get my get my hands on some bot bots while everyone's you know sort of starting up their uh, starting up their collection and have a bit of a look. And uh, I like them. I'm probably not going to go ordering more from overseas. I'll probably wait for them to come out for a local release for um, for um, collecting more. Awesome. It, it, they look like a sort of just a decent, I don't know, thing for when you're out and about and you feel like you haven't bought something in a while and it's just something you can pretty easily yeah. pick up. So the the five packs, uh, they come with four figures and one mystery figure um, and they are $10 US. So I guess they'll probably end up being like $15 oh. or something like that. So they're not entirely random then? No, so you you can uh, so I, I, look. I don't know the the five packs have one figure that's a mystery, uh, and there are also blind boxes or blind bags of them as well. Um, so yeah. I, like I, I really don't know. So, I think it's probably a probably would vary between different things in you know, just different price points, market to different yeah. age brackets as well. Yeah, it probably is. I mean, like, you know, you can put all the blind boxes on a, a checkout and um in some stores and uh you know you you'll put the you'll put the five packs on on shelves, stuff like that. I don't know. Anyway. I feel like that's about it for the show. Um anything anything we need to add, do you think? Uh not really. There's um I suppose in TCA business there's um Bumblebee screenings coming up in December. You know there are check check the pages of, like if you're in, if you're in our Facebook discussion group, check the events pages. There are some uh, events in capital cities around the place, and if there isn't one for your town, feel free to feel free to organise one. Yeah, awesome. um, and yeah, please do come to them because we've I think there's at least two confirmed now. Both have a decent turnout that are coming, and uh, we both would love to have some more people as well. Fantastic. Uh, all right. Um, final bit of uh, TCCA business is uh, this thing that's on uh, the TCCA Christmas giveaway. It is it is our annual fundraising event for the year. We do like to we do like to do a massive blowout at the end of the year for um, purchasing purchasing a, a, an entry in our giveaway. You can you can get an entry by making a five dollar donation to the club. Now uh, the club does use the money to uh sort of i guess i guess we use it sort of as an outreach program right uh we go out to conventions we attempt to locate and find more transformers fans and bring them into the fold and join us so uh i think in a i think in a um in a a club membership style way we are actually adhering to the uh, till all are one motto we want everyone to be a part of the one facebook group please uh so look convention appearances are not cheap um supernova charges several hundred dollars per table per per event that we go to and so you can sort of see you know the the number of tickets that we need to sell to keep up our convention appearances every year uh it's 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 not a low number so we've got lots of things on offer we've got a unite warriors titan class devastator there's a junkie on matrix of leadership and hasbro masterpiece prowl we do have some of the walmart reissue starscream and hot rod figures and there's a few uh, titans return figures and an ocular max uh terrorist rally which is pretty cool as well so look there's there's lots of things on offer um if you find value in what we do please do consider 
please do consider making a donation of, or making several donations in order to get yourself more entries into the prize draw. Uh, and um, yeah, good good luck. And uh, also, if you, as I said, if you do find uh, value in what we do, please do consider signing up to uh, to the club membership as well. So club membership starts at just five dollars a year. And like I said, those funds all go to those funds all go to making sure that we can uh, continue to operate the club's presence at conventions around the country. Yeah, and you know it funds little um, group meetups and the monthly giveaways and all of that stuff. Absolutely. Um, so we're, like, we have prizes for the bot shots competition, uh, mainly because of people's generosity at one of our donation drives. Uh, so yeah. Right, that is it. Uh, besides the the spiel about TCCA, uh, thank you for listening. And uh, if you are watching along with the live record, thanks for checking us out. It is a Friday night. We record fairly late into the night, so uh, we do appreciate your time. Uh, to find out more about these stories, uh, you'll find links to them and more in the show notes posted to the Transformers Weekly Facebook page and the Podbean site. The Podbean site is transformersweekly.podbean.com. The uh, Facebook page is Australian Transformers Weekly. And, of course, we are both, uh, and some of the other participants in the podcast, all of us are in the Transformers Collectors Club Australia discussion group on Facebook. That is all for us. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And we'll be back with more Transformers news next week. We are heading into the tail end of the year, so I'm not sure how many more episodes we'll do for the year, but we'll see how see how we go. Yeah, I think it just depends on how free we are because already this week we started off with people that have to be out and about places. So <laughs> it's it's going to rapid the well, podcasts are going to rapidly degenerate as we'll see, we'll, see how, we'll, we'll see how things go in the lead up to Christmas. All right, thanks for listening, everyone, and bye bye, and talk to you next week. Catch you later. Uh, now I need to press the stop broadcast button this week. It doesn't happen automatically anymore. <laughs> Bam! Here we go.